Today, uh, Pastor Bob is going to be bringing the message. Many of you uh, have heard Pastor Bob more times than you've heard any other preacher in this uh, this place. Some of you have never heard Pastor Bob preach before. You know, he uh, stood in this pulpit, well, not this one in particular, but uh, another pulpit for 30 years uh, covering the pulpit by himself and then uh, for another 10 years with, uh, with a team and uh, served faithfully for a long period of time, bivocationally, running a hardware store, and, and uh, also at the same time being a pastor. Wow. So uh, there's a lot going on there. And uh, I'm really grateful to have Pastor Bob back preaching with us today. As Josh said, this is VBS Sunday, so first service and second service are looking completely different. This is only this is a first service special. So that, uh, if, if uh, fortunately the people at second service are going to miss hearing Pastor Bob today, um, they're going to be stuck with me. But it promises at second service to be uh, 20 minutes or less, which we'll see if that miracle happens. Right. So. Um, and you feel free to stick around for both services. Second service will be fun because you'll see the kids performing their songs and things like that. So this is a Sunday that if you want to stay through through the whole entire morning, feel free. Uh, we're really glad that Pastor Bob, who is now our pastor emeritus, is going to be uh, preaching this morning. He chose John chapter 8 to uh, speak out of the first 11 verses of John chapter 8. So as has become our custom here, I'm going to have you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read it. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now. And leave your life of sin. May God add his richest blessing to the reading of his word. You can have a seat and join me in prayer. God, we thank you and praise you for this morning. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for Pastor Bob and his faithful service that he has performed for years here. And we know that one thing is true about Pastor Bob and uh, his service in the pulpit is that he would have no one be seen up here except you. And so, God, we ask that your presence would be strong with him this morning as he communicates your word and that we would be able to give you honor and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Good morning. I haven't done this for a while. I must share with you the first time that I worshipped at Park Ford Church of the Brethren. I was dating a young lady, and I began to think she was really pretty nice. And she talked me into going to the evening service. I wasn't so bad. I knew a number of the men there, and that went quite well. And then she talked me into going to the morning service. Came out of there and she said, what did you think of it? I said, I'm never coming back again. (laughs) That's not what she wanted to hear. But I realized, because I said, no preacher is going to tell me how to live. And the Lord finally started to work on me and he said, that is your problem. You don't want to be told how to live your life. And how true that was. Things changed, obviously, you know, over the years. But enough of that. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Father, in these quiet moments, as we meditate upon our text for today, let us be open to your wisdom and guidance. And realize how much we are in need of your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, amen. This uh, particular passage has never been A very, what should I say, one that's not been preached on many times because it's it's kind of a difficult subject, especially that naughty word adultery to escape our lips even though it's been going on since the beginning of male and female. And here we have a classic example. Jesus appeared in the temple courts, John writes. He's still allowed to do that. Now, later on in his ministry, he's forbidden because he was a real problem to the scribes and the Pharisees. And even at this fairly early time in his ministry, they're still trying to get him. They really are. He's becoming a threat. He's winning a lot of converts. And the scribes and the Pharisees are afraid that they're going to lose their priority, really. They had a a very good position in religious Judaism. They are the ones who taught the law. They are the ones who ministered the law. They are the ones who saw that the law was carried out. But I came across a reference in Matthew 23. And Jesus is talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, and he used some pretty strong language. I wrote it down. He called them hypocrites, but it gets better. He called them a brood of vipers. Now, a viper is a snake. It's a poisonous snake. It was fairly common in Palestine in the time of Jesus, and of course in those days, A viper bite was usually fatal. So Jesus was really condemning these self-righteous men. What we see here, our text says, Jesus sat down to teach them. That was was the ordinary way that the uh, teachers of the law would do. They would sit down to teach, and Jesus did this. And while he is doing this, here come the Pharisees with this woman with them. Jesus stops teaching and watch these men as they bring this woman up and they stand her before 
Jesus. Jesus is there, and the woman is standing before him. She was caught in the act of adultery. Now, adultery was a very serious crime in Judaism, as it should be, and it was punishable by stoning. I don't know if any of you have ever read about that. It, it's one of the most horrible ways you can imagine to die. Well, what they would do, they would make the guilty person stand before them, and the scribes and the Pharisees would stand kind of a half circle. They were very clever, though, you know, they, they would pick up the small stones first. Are you following this? You get one in the eye, okay? Yeah, you can't see. You get one in the nose, starts to bleed. You get one in the mouth, knocks a few teeth out. Well, they can't take much of this. So finally they collapse. Oh, ho, ho, now we really have them. They, this, is, this is what they would do. They would pick up large stones, stand over the fallen one, and bash them with these fallen stones. What a horrible way to die. But that's what they did. So this woman is taken in adultery. Well, by God's grace, probably very few of us have ever committed adultery. But, you know, years ago, way, way back when I was young, there was a saying called, it takes two to tango. That's a dance, in case you didn't know. Doesn't it also take two to commit adultery? What's wrong with this picture? Anybody? There's one. A woman. It takes a male and a female to commit adultery. Where is the man? Which shows to us that the scribes and the Pharisees were not really interested in any details. They were certainly not interested in this woman. She was only a thing. She was only a pawn. A way for these scribes and Pharisees to discredit Jesus and remove him from having any influence at all upon the people. Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery and the law of Moses announced us to stone such a woman. What do you say? Well, they thought they really had Jesus now. But, you know, these religious leaders totally lacked one very important thing, and it's called love. Love. Rather than trying to help the sinner, rather than trying to help restore the sinner, they wanted to destroy the sinner in one of the worst possible ways. Not help the sinner, get rid of them. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of in the same situation as the Pharisees were, as people who come out to worship the Lord. One of our major calls is to help the sinner. Rather than being all the time condemning, let's try the way Jesus did. Try to help. Try to love. Well, the Pharisees thought they really had Jesus because if he said, okay, go ahead and stone her, 
he would lose all his credibility with the people. Never again would the people want to hear anything that that man had to say. But if he said, well, maybe it better not, he was breaking the law. Besides, if he said stone her, now he's in trouble with Rome because Rome was the only one who could pronounce and carry out the death sentence legally. So the scribes and the Pharisees had Jesus right where they wanted him. <clears throat> so what does Jesus do? Now, now try to imagine yourself as one of these religious leaders, and they really had, a, they really had it made in religious Judaism. Jesus stoops down and starts to write in the dirt. One commentator that I use has pointed out that is the only reference we have in the Bible that Jesus ever wrote anything. And certainly writing, writing in the dirt of the ground would not be very permanent. But put yourself in the position of the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus does what they never thought he would do. I mean, he just stoops down and starts to write him. What is he doing? It's interesting to uh, think about writing what he might have written. Do you suppose he was writing some of the sins of the scribes and the Pharisees? How terribly embarrassing. Jesus stoops down and writes on the ground. Picture them. I mean, these were men of authority. These were men of power. And this guy just stoops down and, and starts to write in the dirt of the ground. Well, this can't go on. Something has to be done. So the only thing they can do is to keep firing questions at him. Jesus straightens up, John tells us. And listen to these words. If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Uh-oh. Isn't it something how Jesus right away gets to the heart of the matter? Well, he does with us too, you know. But he got right to the heart of the whole problem with the scribes and the Pharisees. They regarded themselves as sinless. They were at the top of the order of the Jewish religious system. But Jesus says, let him who is without sin among you throw the first stone. I do have to say one thing for these men. <laughs> they were convicted. They really were. Jesus says this, and then he stoops down again and starts writing on the ground. These men must have been furious with him. He's doing everything wrong. He's not doing anything what they thought he would do. He starts to write on the dust of the ground. And then and I find this most interesting. We don't know how many scribes and Pharisees there were were there, that's not the important thing. They start to leave. And guess what? The oldest leaves 
first. So there they go. The oldest one walks, the next, the next, the next. And finally they have all left. Well, there's the woman still standing there in front of Jesus. And Jesus straightened up. And he looked at her. And I, I sometimes get a little carried away. I like to think. I wonder what that woman thought when Jesus straightened up and looked at her. Because she's standing right there in front of him. I can guarantee you this. The first time in her life, she looked into the face of love. She looked into the face of forgiveness. She looked into the face, first time in her life, I would think, of someone who really cared about her. Not, not, not about her physically, but about her spiritually. Jesus, someone who cares. Jesus is someone who cares about us. Sometimes we have difficult times in life, some more than others. We've all been through it, and I'm sure we'll all go through it again. We do have one who cares, and that's Jesus. We don't know the circumstances of this woman uh, committing adultery. We're not told. But somewhere along the way, she didn't have much self-worth. Life to her was not much was it even worth living? Imagine what she must have thought when there she is, her accuser's gone, she stands there in front of this man, maybe she never even heard of him, and he straightens up and looks right at her and he said, woman, where are they? Good question. Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Uh, here, here's one point where I disagree with the NIV. I use it all the time myself. But in trying to get some information, <clears throat> excuse me, for this message, I learned that the word that NIV translates sir can more properly be interpreted as Lord. In fact, if you use Revised Standard, you will find they do use the word Lord. Because I am of the opinion that in using the word Lord, this was really a confession on the part of this woman. She's calling Jesus Lord. We don't know what her background is. We don't know what her experience was. But as she stands there, just expecting the stones to start slamming into her, and her accusers leave and she's left with this man, maybe she never saw him before, So for the first time in her life, she looks into the eyes of love. 
love that, that she had never possibly known before. Well, none of us can either. Either We, we cannot look into the eyes of, of love such as Jesus has. None of us human beings are, are capable of, of expressing, of even feeling that kind of love. This is the greatest love there is, the love of Jesus Christ. Just think of that for a moment. Here this woman was, sinner, no, no question. Ah, she was caught, you know, one of the worst crimes there is. But she looked into life, not of condemnation, not of, boy, I got you, gal. You're going to go down under a hail of stones. No, love. Love like she had never seen before, never known before. The eyes of love. Then Jesus says, I don't condemn you either. Whoa. Leave your life of sin or go and sin no more. What do you mean by that? Very clearly, this woman isn't going to go out and sin no more. All of us are all too familiar with sin. We kind of go about and practice that every day. So what does he mean, go and sin no more? Well, maybe we can say that Jesus is giving her a second chance. Has she done wrong? <laughs> you bet she has. Was it a punishable sin? Indeed it was. But Jesus gives her a second chance. A chance to go out and now live a life, not a sinless life. Nobody except Jesus was ever able to do that. But really it's it's kind of a Prove yourself. Get back out again into the world. Stay away not only from adultery, for goodness sakes, but all those sins that beset us every day. A second chance. You know, Jesus has given us a second chance. Myself, for example. But when we come to him, no matter what we've done, if we come to him sincerely repenting of our sins, acknowledging them, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Doesn't get any better than that. <clears throat> and resolving in our, in our commitment to him and in our guidance and direction that only he can give, we can go out again, face life once again. And stay away from those sins that encircle us all the time. So did Jesus have pity? Yes, he did. Anything wrong with pity? No. Did he have understanding? Yes, I think he did. You know, I'm one of those people that, now I just believe that Jesus knows everything. I think he knew all about this woman. He knew who she was, what she was, her circumstances. 
go and don't sin anymore. Is that what he's saying to us? Yes. If you and I have confessed Christ as Savior and said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, Life out there in this world today is getting tougher and tougher, more and more difficult. But I'll follow you, Lord. It won't be easy. Uh, Jesus certainly understands that. But I'll follow you. The second chance. But you know, what a challenge. Somebody may say, boy, did he leave her off easy, did he? What a challenge. She's not only to stay away from adultery, she's to stay away from sin. Prove yourself. Forgiveness. And all of us stand in total need of forgiveness. Okay, maybe we haven't committed adultery. Maybe you haven't some of the, uh, you know, more gross sins. But tell you what, starting right here, we're sinners. We sin all the time. That's why Jesus went like this on the cross. Pay the price we could never possibly pay. But you know, there's a lesson here for us, too. We need to be more like Jesus in many, many ways. But especially in the way of forgiveness. Oh, I know once in a while somebody will say something to us that maybe isn't very nice. In fact, we were just talking with some friends they go to another church. They said this one family had been faithfully attending that church for several years. And they stopped coming. And the report is that somebody in the, within the congregation said something nasty to them, hurt their feelings, and they stopped going. So you can say, well, they shouldn't have let it hurt their feelings. Well, it should never have been said in the first place assuming that we are Christians, we ought to behave towards one another as Christians. Instead of condemning, Jesus sets the perfect example for us, as he always does. Instead of condemning, we are to seek out that thing called love. Trying to be helpful, trying to Maybe that person's having a rough time in their life. Maybe we can kind of help them over that. One of the most important things we can do is to pray for them. Are there lessons here for you and me? All kinds of lessons. Pity? Yep. Challenge? Yes. Forgiveness? Yes. Choice? We have a choice. Jesus gives us a choice. He gave this woman a choice. 
Did she go out and quote unquote sin no more? We have no idea. But the important thing is that that's you and that's me standing there before Jesus. And we're being condemned by the world. But in the love of Jesus, we're forgiven. But with a huge responsibility. And again, I quote Jesus. Go now and leave your life of sin, or the other translation, go out and sin no more. Let us pray. Help us, Lord, to see the truth of the Scripture passage for us today, so that we would seek to help the sinner, even as we ourselves need help. In the name of Jesus. Amen.